Hello. Hi. How's it uh, going? Very good. Thank you. Uh, my name is Jamarco Sarezi. I'm a, a comedy seller's John Marcus Arezzi. Wow. Uh, this is my co-host, Russell Daniels. Hi. Hey, you good? Good. Okay. And uh, we're joined today by a stand-up comedian, author, writer, podcaster, Kate Willett. Welcome to The Downside. Hello. I was uh, I was enjoying your pre-show conversation about how you're going to Marie Kondo things. Uh-huh. Uh, because I recently went on a couple dates with this guy, and he invited me over for lunch at his apartment and you know it was like someone that i kind of like knew through friends so i wasn't worried about it but i went to his house and he was a hoarder oh. and um also polly not polly but like kind of like Polly. like he can't throw dab- anything away could, could away, but things. i was just like you need what how much stuff do you have to collect dude like <laughs> but he told me that he I promise I'm going to tie this back to you in like one second. No, perfect. Like he (laughs) told me that he was, um, that he had like broken up with the previous woman that he was seeing because she was like mad about like the hoarding. And (laughs) she was like, me or the piles. And he was like, bye bitch, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, I don't know. So it was, so I was just really happy to hear you say before this, that like you were like, Working with your girlfriend on yeah, like yeah, yeah. cleaning because that's important to her. And, I, you know, I love that for a guy. Yeah. You that's, know? yeah. That feels like he was um, he was really like trying to right away be like, and these are my piles and you better be cool with it. Otherwise, like like it was any it, theme it, to the piles. Yeah. It, well, is there? Yeah. It was a theme well, to hoarding. Magazines, or it was just like videos. In no, general. it was just like a, it was it was just like piles of stuff everywhere. Um, but the like the like. This is how I am. I'm never changing. He had like ten things like that. (laughs) (laughs) If one of them is hoarding piles, it you you know never say never. It was also he wanted to jewel for the rest of his life, which like I'll be honest, I jewel sometimes, but I just can't. That's quite a proclamation. It's quite a proclamation, and it's just like aside from like the health aspects of it, like how dumb is it going to look to be like if I was like 80 years old and like jeweling, like it already looks dumb for a woman in her thirties to be jeweling. Was this this a conversation laid out? Like here are things I'm always going to do. Like what, what was the conversation where he was just giving you things that he's always going to do? Um, I think like, you know, to some extent in the first few dates, it's kind of normal to like sort of lay out your non-negotiables. Gotcha. Okay. You know? uh-huh. And I think that like. I save them for year five. <laughs> he was kind of laying out his non-negotiables to me. Like I have some non-negotiables as well. Like, for example, I'm not living anywhere except for New York or LA. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that I'll, I'll bring that up casually. Yeah. You know, there's, there's certain things, right? But yeah. Uh, you gotta I feel like the non-negotiables like they have to be like stuff that like matters it shouldn't just be like I I stack things it's non-negotiable sure <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. It, it reminds me when my mom found out that my dad was cheating on her this is the story that she confronted him she she okay I think I'm I, I think I'm allowed to tell this who gives a fuck uh, my mom, your mom had heard a rumor from like a friend. Like a friend said, I th- I saw your dad. I Not your dad. I saw your husband. I saw your husband at a restaurant with another woman. And she called my dad and just said, I saw you at a restaurant with another woman. She pretended that she had so- seen it. Oh, okay. Took a swing. Yeah. And my dad said, let's meet at home right now. 
And apparently he said to her, he said, look, I'm never going to change. And that was the end of their marriage. This is The Downside. Welcome. To the downside. The downside. With John Marco So I, oh, I never try to say I, I'll never change. Because then yeah. I'm like my dad, I feel like. When I cheat, I say, I'll stop this, I promise. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there are, I, I would imagine we all have universal things. Like being like, I know that I want to like live in New York or like LA. I feel like that's a, you know, I'm I a thing that maybe could change, but it feels like pretty you know like yeah but i do feel like that has more of a weight to it than yeah piling things. i mean there's a couple other ones like me and my cats are like a package deal yeah like i love my pets see that's a good one yeah one, one of my first relationships uh she we were we were walking home from a class and someone with a box of cats five baby kittens Aww. was exactly that was her reaction and she went over and like uh, petted them cool we were leaving and then the guy said well no one adopts them by the end of the day Gonna have to drown him in my pool. And she what? like grabbed the box. And I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat guy. I struggle with cats. Yeah. I like cats in theory. I'm scared of them. I was scratched okay. as a kid. Um, Listen. I'm going to say there's a middle ground between bringing all five into your home forever and then allowing them well, to drown. Well, she said, like, she said they'd be adopted by the end of the week. Like okay. people are dying to adopt wild cats from who knows where. And, and she ended up keeping... All five? No, she gave three away, and eventually we had two. And they were cool when they were babies, but then they got older, and it was chaos. I honestly would have, I think, made the same decision. Now, I wouldn't, because I already have two cats, so I would bring them home and, like, find them other homes. Like, yeah. you know, to, if they need to be, like, bottle-fed or whatever before they're adopting or whatever, I would foster kittens. But I'm, like, t two cats are my max. Like, even... If I'm dating someone that has a cat, it's not a deal breaker for me. But I'm like, oh man, we'd we'd be getting into Three. a weird couple territory. Yeah. I don't know if I would date someone with two cats. I mean, maybe, but that would be a lot of cats. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're living in New York. I mean, four cats in an apartment is that would be a lot. It, it, I'd have to definitely not cohabitate with a polyamorous hoarder in yeah. that situation with four cats. It would just be like, this apartment is fucking full. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those joining just now, I forgot the whole pre-spiel where yeah, we talk about it. So this is this is the downside. Welcome to the downside where we talk about we talk about lives. We we talk about all the negatives. We celebrate negativity. We complain. We kvetch, um, uh, which is Jewish for complaining. And, uh, you know, we have fun with it. And uh, I, I like I, I start with something that's happened to me recently tomorrow is uh, my anniversary, year anniversary with my girlfriend. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. It's very stressful. And she's a very good gift giver. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast. And um, I struggle. I struggle. My mom returned a lot of my gifts as a child. That's what I blame it on. She was, she was a gift returner. And it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, especially because they were small gifts. Like, just put them in the closet. Yeah. You didn't have to return it for financial reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so I, uh, and, and you know, my girlfriend and she, she's in the entertainment industry, but not connected to theater. She doesn't like get theater tickets yeah. in general. So she had talked about wanting to see six, the musical, which is about Henry, the eighth wives. Okay. Yes. Yeah, wives. Divorce, beheaded, died, divorce, beheaded, survived. Yeah. 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 And it's like a real, like, it, I guess it went viral on TikTok. Like that's, it's one of these musicals that like got big on TikTok after it's London run moved here. Delayed because of the pandemic, but everyone's very excited. It's very popular right now. Yeah. So, um, 
That was just the one. That was the one like big gift that felt like, all right, this is in the pocket. Yeah. This is in the money. Yeah. And uh, I, I waited. I procrastinated buying it. And I mean, these tickets were very. Uh, they were like two fifty each. Yeah. And wow. this, this is like this is not the worst seats. I didn't want no, our backs no, to no, be no, against no, no. a yeah. wall. Yeah. All the way in the back. But like front front of balcony, front of balcony was like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. It's when, when you look at these ticket prices, you're like, fuck Broadway. Enough with the Broadway talk. It's just for rich people. Fuck Broadway. Yeah. Burn it to the ground. If even someone with your face, voice, and demeanor says fuck Broadway, you know that Broadway is uh, Yeah. Because you you're yep. you Mr. Broadway. You belong in the theater. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Burn yeah. it to the ground. And um, uh, so I got uh, uh, the, the anniversary. It's tomorrow. So uh, orchestra, it's like the last row of the orchestra, but it's still not, it's still good. It's orchestra. Yeah. yeah. So 250 each ticket plus the processing fee, which oh, like, yeah. I was I was like, oh, I bet it's going to be a $10 processing fee. Motherfuckers. It was $55 processing fee. Per ticket. Per ticket? What? Per ticket. That is... No. And I just love it because it doesn't mean anything. No. I'd rather they call it the fuck you fee. Yeah. Because we can fee. Yeah. Eat yeah. a dick fee. Eat a dick fee. So, I get the tickets. And you know what? Well, wait till you go to the show, too. I mean, I went to I went on, on Saturday. The, the cost of, like, if you want to get a drink or something. Guess how much... If you wanted to get a glass of champagne, guess how much that was? I, I wouldn't be caught dead getting a glass but of champagne. But just guess. $22. God $33. For one glass of champagne. And like, a, am sure, a big, a nice size glass. Real hefty. <laughs> yeah, glass. like a big chunky plastic <laughs> glass that says American Utopia on it. So, so then, next day, next day, Tova calls me. Hey, hey, oh my God. What are you doing tomorrow at three? Someone from some agency reached out. Oh, we got no. two free tickets to <gasps> six. Oh, my God. no. And I say, baby, you have to turn them down. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, you have to turn them down. And I, ha I had to tell her. I said, because. Oh, you couldn't get a refund or any. like. Yeah, they're very clear. And like someone was like, you should have scalped them. But I'm like, I'm not going to scalp them on our anniversary. But. And again, like I just, oh. it, it was the gift. I don't have a, I don't have a plan B. Yeah. So I was, I was just like, you got to turn the tickets down because we're going Tuesday night. And thank God, <laughs> thank God, Tova, uh, she's cool. She wants to go to Olive Garden. Hell yeah. yeah. So we're gonna have like a touristy night. So like at least the dinner won't break the bank. Yeah. Too. I don't know how long I it's been know. since you've been to the Olive Garden <laughs> in Times Square. Olive Garden in general, I like. I've never been. Oh, you've never been? Okay. No. It's, first of all, it's disgusting. Second of all, cool. in a really amazing way. I loved Olive Garden as a kid. I would go there like every birthday, which is fine. It's reasonable to love yeah. Olive Garden if you're With like eight. your friends or with the family birthday or the friend's birthday? Um, it would usually be like my family and then I would be allowed to invite a couple friends. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but every once in a while when I'm like on the road, I will go to the Olive Garden because I don't want anyone to see me. 
eat Olive Garden. Like uh-huh. that's humiliating. So like I wouldn't do it with a friend or something. Even if I like, it's one sure. thing for me to like talk about it, but it's another thing for people to like watch me consume. Maybe that's why garden. they say when you hear your family because everyone's there alone. Yeah, and they're like, don't worry. No, almost everyone is with somebody. <laughs> <That's> so- uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'll do it like if I'm you know if I'm driving through like North Carolina or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And I like don't want another hamburger. I'll go to the Olive Garden, but it is like really expensive <laughs> it's it's what as, the fuck i mean Ew. it's not like on the scale of like restaurants it's not expensive like it's not like michelin star prices but like it's super easy to drop i don't know 50 bucks on dinner like for one person i don't always do that i usually get like um just like a appetizer and then like what's the thing I, and is the breadsticks do i gotta get the breadsticks they're like free. they're free the, oh, they're the, free. The okay. breadsticks and the salad are free. That's my dinner. <laughs> which is really like, for me, that's like why I think I there's still part of my heart for the Olive Garden because their salad is like really good. And it's really? like, yeah, it, and it, again, in a disgusting way. Like the dressing is just made of straight up sugar. Sure, sure. You know, like it's, it's, it's Italian fast food. But I mean, like it's, you know, if I go out for dinner in Brooklyn, usually I'll go out for like, um, you know, Ethiopian or Thai food or whatever. Yeah. And like Olive Garden is like way more expensive than that. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I, I regret it already. I haven't, I haven't been to Olive Garden. I haven't been to Golden Corral. No, I've I, haven't been, I haven't been there either. The Red Lobster I've never been to? Me, uh, no, but I've, I've had the, I had a roommate who liked to buy the cheesy biscuits. Cheddar Bay? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had, I've had them before, but not been in a Red Lobster. My biggest regret where I grew up, we had McDonald's, Ray Rogers, all that shit. We did not really have Taco Bells. And I wish I could have had that childhood phase where you ate whatever at Taco Bell. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I I hated Taco Bell when I was little. What was your what was your fast food? Uh, I'm from California, so definitely in and out. That was Is a good it really one. that good? I think I had it once and I was like, come on, guys. I mean, this is a sacrilege, but I'm going to say that in and out pales in comparison to Shake Shack. I think Shake Shack is much better. See, but at the end of the day, a McDonald's burger to me, and McDonald's fries trumps everything. If What's I that look, Russell? Get Fuck you. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm just no, I ignore him. I, I no, sorry. <laughs> you don't like McDonald's fries? No, no, no. I I like I like their fries. Um, but I don't think I don't think of them as having the best burger. McDonald's. It's the whole package. It tastes pretty good, but oh, I'm eating it for yeah. sure. I'm just saying, like <laughs> that should be instead of I'm loving it. I'm eating it. Yeah, I'm not um, loving it. I, I, I did like it. the ones in Texas when I lived there. I liked the Whataburger. I liked that a lot. And then there was another one, Jack in the Box. But I think I liked Whataburger more mm. than I think they got a, like a big. You know, it was. It was big. It's good. Yeah. I've had that. I um. Yeah, if I eat McDonald's, I feel like sick all day. I will eat the breakfast though. The like really? the egg McMuffins roll. Yes. Um I've never had it. You gotta get the one with the sausage McGriddle with yeah. the it's like a pancake bread. Oh, I haven't done that one. I think that would be a little bit much. You just talk shit about like, McDonald's and your no, eyes no, no, no. lit up with joy. <laughs> no, I do love the breakfast <laughs> things there. Um well, uh, uh, so that's that's my my shitty thing of the week. But, but we're here to, to talk about you. thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank I am you. so happy to be here. This is so fun. Um I uh I I figured we'd we'd start at you grew up in LA suburbs, correct? I did, yeah. How far away from LA? Um like 40 minutes maybe. Okay. No traffic, 40 minutes. And so did you deal with a lot of LA people, act child actors? To an extent. So the area where I grew up, um 
Well, I I was born in the San Fernando Valley, um, and that's like I only lived there until I was like eleven or twelve. And the valley is is cool. Like it's you know a lot a lot of people like we know live there, and there's a lot of stuff to do. And yeah, but then we moved to Santa Clarita, um, which is like very conservative. Um, it's mm. very like lo- a lot of religious people. Has I think changed a little bit, but it's still pretty conservative. Were your parents conservative? My parents were medium. My extended family is really conservative. They're okay. like evangelical. Um, my parents are kind of. They just my they just like reference the Bible when it's convenient to them. Yeah. You know how like, would they bring it up? How did that? How's that come up? Um, you know, like just like like. Things related to my life when I was growing up, like when I told them I wanted to be a performer, they're like, yeah, well, the Bible says that you have to let your parents have input on that. And I was like, I don't wait, really wait, what chapter that. of the Bible does it just say you got to let your parents? It, it doesn't say that, it, but it was just the Bible like, says has a plan B, have a plan B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, definitely like anything that they didn't want me to be doing. It was like, well, it says in the Bible. And I'm like, you don't have any idea what it says in the Bible, but um. But yeah, so Valencia is like, it's pretty conservative, but there are a lot of people in the entertainment industry also out there, like people who are like raising a family, you know, it's like Mm. a very like stroller baby. Um, And so it definitely had elements of like LA area high school, like. I feel like so many people had eating disorders. Like you would go in the bathroom at lunch and there would just be like a ton of people making themselves barf and stuff, which. Oh my God. It's, oh, yeah. It was like intense. a ton? Like there was a line? Uh, I'm No, not a line, but I mean. There they was just stuff. go to the sink, they wash off one finger? There was just a lot of, there was a lot of eating disorders. Um, a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of really wealthy people. Um, yeah. I, I definitely like. My family was not wealthy at all, like super middle class, but um, there were like a lot of people that like, you know, on their 16th birthday or whatever, 15 and a half or whatever, like they would get like a brand new car and, you know, it was like SUVs usually. It's mm-hmm. like, why does a fucking 15 and a half year old need an SUV? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like there would even be people that had like confederate flags and shit and it's like dude i mean it's uh, (laughs) it it was just it was really weird how did you feel at the time because you're 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 politically active now were were you back then were you mad at these people oh i was like absolutely miserable um i really 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 hated the people that i went to high school with for the most part and i had like a little group of like liberal friends and stuff um but yeah i couldn't wait to get out of um, that area and I went to uh, the most I was like just for college I wanted to go to like the most liberal school sure so yeah um, I can't even met like my school I went to high school in DC and it was so liberal they did a mock election once where they had the whole high school but you didn't wear shoes vote. in your school right sometimes we call teachers by their first names yeah, yeah. where'd you get the shoes detail from I, I have a memory of you telling me that your school was really progressive and like you call <laughs> the teacher first names and you never had shoes on did I make that up? I think the shoes thing you made up. <laughs> this is you're like, oh my, you're I calling really, teachers first names. What's next? I really had a your vision of hanging you out the whole like class in high school, taking your shoes off before every class you went to. I might have just because I'm weird, but that wasn't like a high school oh, policy. Didn't you, you like laid on the ground, like you. Were, I sat on the floor for a lot of like, like, like I like. I was like, desk. I don't like desks. I'm a floor guy, and they were like, pretty liberal, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. So what a cool yeah. kid. But we did like a mock election. I think this was. 
was this a Bush? Bush versus Kerry, maybe? I'm trying to think if that was one high school. Yeah, that probably sounds right. And it was one verse person voted for Bush oh my God. in the whole, in the high, whole school. high school. Oh, damn. And wow. uh, we found him and we we kicked his ass. Wow. Um, I assume it was it. But, but so it's just so different. I can't. I don't know what it would be like at that age to be like, everyone around me is wrong. Um, It was like pretty, it was, it, it was, it was a bummer, especially because I was bi and I mostly liked girls and I felt like that was like a really big deal. When did you realize or when did you? Well, I definitely knew that about myself since I was like 12 or something. And I had like friends that I would, you know, like really good friends here or there. I would like say, but I didn't like tell a lot of people about it until I was like 17. Like kind of, you know. Did I hear you? I think in your standup, you did chat rooms. Would you go on like those AOL chat rooms? Yeah, I definitely went in like some um, like lesbian chat rooms and stuff and be like, what's it like to be gay and stuff like that, you know? Was it helpful? Was it was it a support system or was it just weird? Um, I think it was helpful. I don't super remember, but I feel like there were people that were like, yeah, like hang in there, you know, like it's yeah. I feel like it was. I mean, it was the internet was very different. You know? Of course, so, I remember all yeah. the chat rooms I went in. People would just go ASL, age, sex, location. It was just I did. A, I went in a couple, and I I never forget the day that someone kept going KKK, and I thought they were saying like okay three okay, times, K-K. and then there was like I like you know at twelve I was like oh Ku Klux Klan is what they're they're Shit. referencing. They like it was just trolls. It was just trolls. Like figuring out what being a troll is, and at that yeah. time it was, it wasn't even racist stuff. It was just them saying KKK yeah. over and over again. Oh like they're, and getting, you were their, like, they're well, getting their troll legs, you know? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like Testing things they're out, just putting in their ten thousand yeah. hours. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I mean, it was a better time. You could just leave the chat room, and that was the end of it. Yeah. They couldn't find your address yeah. yet. Yeah, and dox you. Yeah, definitely. That was different. I I think. I think that that was a, an important time on the internet for like a lot of like young queer kids or whatever because it was just like not you know it's weird to think about it, like how much more conservative society was particularly around LGBT stuff like even like 10 years ago. Yeah. And so I I do think that it was like really helpful for a lot of queer kids to be able to like connect with other queer people obviously, you know, there's creeps and all that too but i just mean like i think that that was like a, a positive side now it feels like there's no upside to the internet <laughs> yeah yeah we've gone past where it yeah. was yeah yeah even even at my liberal i mean there was a couple kids who were out at my school but not a lot and a lot of kids who you know came out later but like at the time you were like come come out <laughs> yeah but it's it's hard to it's just hard to remember it's just I mean I'm just ten years ago how different it was yeah I had there was one openly gay guy in my school my friend Brian and he was in the band and he came out to everyone he was like you know super like I'm gay yeah and and I think like the band and like theater and like the kind of like performing arts is probably like a more sort of like supportive segment of the school. Um, but he was telling me, I like took him out for coffee and he was like, you know, I was like, you know, what's, 
being gay like and he's like i love it like i'm going down to like venice beach every weekend and like hooking up with really hot guys in the bathroom and and i just realized like how different like my experience was as like a like a young lesbo you know i was just like well i wrote like a poem uh oh my god a friend that i've been secretly pining for for three years you know (laughs) yeah um and did any of that religious stuff did it were you out of it did you think about it at all in terms of being bi yeah i was like intermittently religious until probably like halfway through my freshman year of college um i would like the thing about like evangelical christianity is like you it's kind of like you get like saved again and again like Mm -hmm. they have like you know these camps and so i went to christian camp a few times and um they basically you know for like the first couple days it's like really normal like just like normal camp shit you Uh know where you like uh get to you know kayak and um you know go on hikes and it's it's fun but uh then they like every night they kind of like amp up the rhetoric about like Mm. hell like the for the Mm -hmm. first first time like the first couple days of church service which is usually like twice a day it's like you know, Jesus is your best friend. You can talk to him about anything. And like this kind of stuff that's not really upsetting. Yeah. But then they just like really amp up the hell rhetoric and they they do all of the like cult tactics, right? Where they like, yeah. they, you know, you're at least for that short amount of time, like you're separated from like, you know, you're anybody that you know, like at home and can't really talk to your parents or anything unless it's an emergency and you don't get very much sleep and you're hungry all the time and oh my god like so you're just kind of in and you know it's very like group think kind of atmosphere because like most people who are there are like extremely religious and so it kind of breaks you down over the week and i think each time i went to christian camp i would like get really scared of hell and then like get saved again and then i would um kind of like you know sort of get back into my life and be like well i don't actually know if god hates gay people and yeah you know i i was i was really conflicted about it internally and i don't think that i felt like all the way sort of like over that hell fear until i was like probably 19. when you visualized hell i i i'm so thankful i didn't have hell because i'm an anxious kid yeah and i have that imagination like is it to you like did you see it is it like you on fire and everyone's on fire and you're just standing in a room like did you visualize it or was it just like i don't want to go there did you think of fire did you think of heat yeah i definitely thought about like being like burned forever um and you know apparently it's like pitch black but you're also like burning and um it like smells horrible like sulfur um and you know it's just eternal there's like no way out like yeah. you're just like there's there's no second chances like once you're in hell you're in hell god like never changes his mind about this kind of stuff so yeah i did visualize i was really scared of it i had a friend i had a friend he was a friend who came out after college sort of but he he told me he was raised catholic and he uh ever, every time he masturbated he would cry afterwards in high school and i just because he thought because he like, thought he was going to hell because of it or something oh my god and like compared to me you, just, you so you never had like watching that, anime you never had the feeling of like no of i never i never had any tied fear. to it sex yeah. masturbation was never tied to anything yeah bad for me 
yeah, maybe yeah. I should have had a little more. Yeah. A little more like, well, you know, you should read. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, good. I'm glad that I, uh, did, was there any part of, of the religious stuff that you enjoy the community or were you like, that was. No, there were definitely parts of it that were fun. Um, I mean, like I made friends with people that I'm still friends with to some extent or another. I'm, they're not religious anymore. You know, like I think that like there are a lot of people there that also like went on to become cool, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's, it was fun to go to camp. Like, that's why I kept doing it. Because yeah. it, it was, like, a thing where, like, a ton of people from my high school went, you know. So it was, like, getting to have, um, like, you know, a seven-day sleepover with your friends and stuff. So it was. I uh, love summer camp. Summer yeah. camp was the best. Yeah. There was, that's where, like, I had my first kiss and my first, you know, over the bra boob touch. Yeah. Damn. That's wow. exciting. What age was it with these camps? I think I went for the first time when i was like 13 mm-hmm. and i think i went for the last time when i was like 16. Yeah. was it hooking up at these camps um very chaste hooking up like i think mm. that like some people would like sneak off like I, I snuck off with a guy and i got in trouble for it but like all we did was like take a walk together like there was nothing physical that happened whatsoever but it was just that i was like a girl and he was a guy and um it was uh, you should tell him like i'm not even into this i'm into i'd rather go with a girl yeah well so that was like i wouldn't have ever even like brought that up there i was so stressed out about it but like i actually we were can't christian camp so this guy and i he was also very religious he um and i decided to pray together so we like sat down and like said a prayer i don't remember what the prayer was for but it was you know probably just a general like you know thank you jesus etc um when we get back the camp counselor like was like hey i need to speak with you and like very serious tone and you know she was like you know about what happened with mike today and i was like you know I, I, we shouldn't have gone for a walk but like <laughs> You know, Jesus. we we did it. We didn't hook up, or you know, I didn't say hook up, but I was like, you know, nothing inappropriate ha- happened between us. You know, like we just actually prayed together. And she's like, "Yes, I know. I heard about that." And um, a woman should never be leading a man in prayer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That was the thing that I was like in trouble for. Was that I was the one who that- said the prayer? <laughs> like it wasn't even like there was no question of like did he finger bang you or anything? Like everyone was on the same page. So nothing like that occurred. But yeah, I think it was so I mean, amazing. Can you imagine like you're like they're they're doing they are sneaking away to pray. To pray. And you still have a problem. But with that's it. one of the things with the religion where I'm like, if the goal is really to like keep them, yeah, like loosen up a little. Yeah. This is good. They're did doing you, the thing. Did you, uh, like, outside of that, did you, like, genuinely, like, pray, like, uh, like, like on your own? Like, was that a part of your life? Did yeah, it, definitely. E- interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely prayed on my own. And, um, you know, I think I was, like, conflicted about it because, like, I had, when I was younger, gone to, like, different types of Christian churches. Like, I, I, uh, went to a Lutheran elementary school and and then I went to a Catholic junior high and at least like in Lutheran stuff, um, it's a lot more like, you know, help your neighbor, like God is your buddy and like God loves you no matter what. And it just, I don't think Lutherans put a lot of emphasis on hell. Granted, I was really tiny, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Um, but even like, even with Catholicism, like there's just like a lot more room for like, yeah, you know, like you sin, but then you like confess and like, you know, then it's removed. Um, like particularly like evangelical denominations of Christianity, like they just put like a ton more emphasis on the hell shit and like, you know, God is going to like burn your soul forever. And I think like I still, from when I was a kid, had that like kind of like, well, but like what if God is nice, you know? So I was like, kind of like torn between those two gotcha. things. So I was like praying like, God, like, let me know if you're nice or whatever. <laughs> you know? checking in. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's like always crazy, but it's funny that you forget how crazy it is. Yeah. And then you're like, the fact that there's just like millions of people that, like, kids are scared. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you still pray now? Do you ever pray? I do pray sometimes, but like, I don't even know if I believe in God or not. I'm sure. d- definitely yeah. definitively agnostic, but. Um, I feel very similarly. I, I try to not, I don't want to be an atheist. But like my dad had a surgery recently and it's these moments of complete helplessness yeah. that it's kind of like, a, oh, I wish I like, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't pray without my brain going, come on, Jamarco. Oh, now. No, but it is. Wild. Oh, right now, Jamarco. Now you're going to ask it, it for is your wild dad when there's like a, a traumatic or like something you do like feel some sort of like thing to like. Call, like feel like I, I want to call upon something. You may want to, to but yeah. can you sincerely in your heart? Say it, but like you do, your mind goes to that place. That's why I, I think I'm not an atheist either because my mind has gone to that place of like a thing and I don't believe, I have no relationship to religion. I have no thing, but I, but it's a, a weird human thing to be like, to try and call upon a higher thing. Like when you're, when you have, when you do, you when don't you know never what to do. do. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't know what to do. And but I'm also like that's probably the best way of doing it rather than like those people that got on Facebook they're like, um I have a job interview today <laughs> everyone send me yes. prayers like no, no 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 like when your human body is like I don't know what to do and you like reach out to the thing like uh, it's it's just interesting uh, yeah I think that like I mean because even some Buddhists pray and like yeah it's not um like. I think that there's a lot of people that like pray even that don't believe in God. And it's like, I don't know this. I feel like this makes it sound too like basic or whatever, but I feel like a lot of people use it as like sort of a form of like a spiritual like intention, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that sounds like way too like life coaching or whatever, but (laughs) like, I'll say the serenity prayer sometimes like the super common 12 step one, like God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot Uh change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And, uh, I've been on my knees praying that prayer during uh, quite a few relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just in the middle of like, I'm so hung up on some idiot. Just like, yeah. I need to accept the things I cannot change. Do you do it on your knees? Um, yeah, usually. Wow. Yeah. yeah I think. I should try that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think that people can like pray like any way. Of course. But like, know? but that, was that how you prayed when you were younger? Yeah. Like some, there must be some kind of connection to, you know, it still, like, tapped you into that. Well, I think, like, for me, like, what I get out of praying as a person that, like, doesn't necessarily believe in God is it's, like, it's, like, gonna, it's, like, a physical and, like, spiritual act of surrender. And, it, like, being on your knees is, like, it's kind of symbolic of that. And it's, like, 
no, like I don't have control over this thing. So I am letting it go, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I hope that I like I, I hope that good things happen. But ultimately, like I am I am surrendering my grip on the situation a little bit because, you know, there's just some things like you're talking about, like a family illness or whatever, like you don't have control over yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, what's your family situation now? Parents still alive? My parents are still alive and they live um, separately, but they are still married. And I think they have a good marriage um, now that they live separately. Which, hey, I, I, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard a big proponent of this, this right now. Yeah. But they, they used to live together. Yeah. And then they separated because they were just too much fighting. Mm, they separated, I think, in large part because, like, my dad uh, loves Hoarder. to hoard. Yeah. Really? really? true. Yeah. Wow. wow. And, like, he. Um, he like he likes to keep a lot of stuff all around, you know, like anything in particular? Um, he saves a lot of like papers and like receipts and stuff. Like he's he's one of these people that's like, you know, really like super organized about like I need all of my tax stuff from like forever ago and you know, just yeah, I, yeah. it's mostly all like papers and documents, but just like any paper or document that he's ever had in his whole entire life, basically. And so like there was just like a lot of my dad's not like a gross hoarder. Like there's no like food trash good, or whatever. Good. Like it's just like a it's just like a ton of like files and you know boxes. Is he paranoid papers. about like the IRS is gonna audit me for because you only have to keep it for six years? I think is the thing. I don't know if there's like a logic to it. It's just like it's a common thing that people do, and there is definitely a fear yeah. of like throwing it away. But I don't think you know. I, I think if you asked him, like, what do you think will happen, you know, if you throw this away, he would be like, well, I, I just need to go through it and make sure that there's, yeah. like, yeah. nothing yeah. that I can't throw away. But then it's, like, there's literally so yeah. much that, like, Physically he's can't. never going to go yeah. through it, you know? So your mom just said, I'm going to get a, my own place. Well, so the... My mom is also really social and my dad really doesn't like people coming over uh-huh. and my mom like loves to have friends over all the time. They're just like pretty much the most like mismatched, like, um, like living style wise people that could ever exist. That's probably why they like liked each other in a way, like introverts and extroverts are always, uh-huh. yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, they just really did not enjoy living together, but I think that they enjoy each other as people. And so, how, she she moved out and how far away? Like, is she close? She lives like 20 minutes away. And, and they I, hang out every day? Every... Not every single day, but multiple days per week. And it's working. Yeah. I mean, I love that it's working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I do feel like it's, it's, uh, I've heard of this a few times now from people and it's, uh, I, I imagine like you, sp- you spend all those years and then you're like, eh, you know, it's just better three or four days a week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, but still, very much want to be connected and you know yeah i like, just like together. this idea of like yeah you don't have to match all your habits yeah, yeah. i know tova's hearing this to- tova sometimes talks about <laughs> living together and i'm like she's right around the corner and i'm like this is this not perfect is this I mean, not tremendous yeah but i mean they they were to, they did live together they had that experience and then you know it grew into something else they, okay they so they we'll go through that we'll like, go through the whole process and then we'll figure it out no my parents lived together for I mean, almost 40 years. Like, they've yeah. been married yeah. a long time. Because um, they'd already been married for, like, a long time when they had me. I'll do it for 40 with Tova, and, and then we'll learn. Yeah, but they, I mean, and, like, for how much they, like, argued about stuff, I never thought that they would, like, end up, like, having, like, a 
good marriage because there was just like a lot of stuff but like i think them living separately like just solved like so much of it like do they do they do sleepovers sometimes yeah 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 i don't think that i think that they're i don't know i don't pry but i get the impression that their marriage is more like a deep friendship yeah 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 Yeah. which Uh, i think happens with like a lot of people yeah when you get older yeah yeah you know things chill out yeah i think um uh, it's also i remember like do your parents have sex uh (laughs) i don't know i i I don't pry either um uh i uh but um I, even my grandparents, I always think of like they. they have sex. Well, yeah, no, they're dead, but they uh, they had separate bedrooms, and uh-huh. I, you know, it's the classic like people make fun of it these days. Like, like, and I was like, I like thinking of them now, and and knowing my memories of them, I'm like they had such different like 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 sleeping pad. Like one would be up later, one, and you're like, it makes so much more sense. Like that that they yeah they had two different bedrooms. They had a whole house that none of the kids lived in anymore. Why not? Make two bedrooms, you know? Yeah. I just think it's nice if you occasionally come in to snuggle. Uh, yeah. Maybe they did. And maybe I don't they know. did. Who you knows? Know? Um, siblings? I have a brother. He passed away like Sorry. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. And what happened? Um, my brother had a really rare medical condition called an AVM, which is, have you heard of it? You're like nodding. No, so Okay. There's... So basically you can get this type of tumor that is, it isn't cancer, but it's like your blood vessels are kind of like grow in a little tangle instead of like, um, how blood vessels are supposed to be. So, um, you can get like really dangerous blood clots and stuff. And he had this condition, um, pretty much his whole life and mm. ended up passing away from it when he was 23. So was he, for, is he younger or older? He was younger. Younger. Yeah. yeah. Don't so do the math. I'm 29. I, I, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, and so he had this condition his whole life. Yeah. So was it, was it like, did you know growing up, oh, he'll probably pass away sooner than a average person yeah definitely i mean like the because when he was first diagnosed with that condition he was like eight and they were like you know this will probably you know cause him to to die like in you know six months or one year or something really that yeah. god so oh my god then but then he ended up like living for like a long time you know like yeah. many many years and why that. like what what just just lucky medicine i mean a lot of surgeries he had a ton of surgeries really? and they were like i think kind of you know managing it and stuff um were you close to him yeah i mean it it was kind of um definitely we were really close when we were little we were we were like we played together all the time. Um, by the time my brother was older, like he had a lot of, um, there was like a lot of like mental and emotional stuff related to his tumor. Oh like God, he, yeah. it affected his brain and really? stuff. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like I loved my brother very much. I still love my brother very much, but like there was like definitely a point where like he wasn't able to like interact in a typical way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And was he with your parents the whole time? Yeah. He lives with my parents. Yeah. Life. Fuck. Yeah. Um so sorry, I'm just thinking I'm just I'm just cuz I'm just thinking cuz I have younger siblings and I'm just thinking about as you got older and you you go off to college and kind of what 
you felt your obligation was in terms of like time or or being with someone who is difficult to communicate with that i mean that's a complicated question and i struggled with it a lot um i mean when i got into college it was like a very big like decision for me like if i should go you know really mm -hmm. and that but then the thing was is it was like at that point he had been living with his illness for like 10 years you know and it was like this thing of, of like well like i don't know like at some point i'm i just like i need to like yeah. move forward in my yeah. life especially because like i didn't like live very well with my parents either you know it was like a, a kind of high conflict situation i get along with them now but it was i was really looking to get out you know so i, I definitely like visited and called a lot um but yeah i don't know i like i had a ton of guilt about it um sure. i think you know my family was like really encouraging me like go to college and stuff like they wanted that That's for good. me yeah so not always there was definitely like some some guilt sometimes but i mean i think you know it was like this thing where it seemed i think it 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 definitely seemed possible that he could be like living with that condition for like way way longer than you know maybe like it would end up being treatable i, I don't know there was no kind of like super clear like this is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what's so yeah. stressful. Yeah. yeah. For him, for the, you guys, yeah. It's yeah. very, very stressful to it, just have that kind of cloud over everything. Yeah, def know? definitely. Um, you know, and I think my parents were, you know, their they're, they're like whole life basically was like about like taking care of my yeah. brother, mm -hmm. you know. And um, it... Uh, I, I mean, like, obviously, they're, like, extremely sad. But now that it's been, like, many years, like, I've, like, seen them, like, start to, like, get hobbies and, like, see their friends and, like, kind of have, like, they're, like, getting to, like, do some stuff yeah. in their life. And I'm really happy for them. That's let's Great. let's take our commercial break here hopefully for antidepressants. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, this is the downside. <laughs> yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back. Um, so where'd you go to college? I went to UC Berkeley, the liberal, mo the most liberal, most gayest place I could was find. It, did you walk in and just, were, was it amazing? Was it all, everything you wanted at the beginning at least? Yeah, definitely. I loved it. I loved, I'm not going to say I never had, you know, sad days or whatever, but I was so happy. I loved it so much. I had yeah. a, a great college experience. Um, I definitely 
like my first week I went to like the queer women's meeting or whatever. There was like queer women's mixer. And I was so intimidated. Meet all the people from the chat rooms. Be like, hey, Well, no, like it was just like, like I was just like a little sorority girl that just kind of like liked girls. You know, like I was still still a pretty basic bitch, you know, Uh like it was Berkeley. So, you know, there was a ton of people that were like this. I remember this one woman, she came out. She she told like we kind of like went around a circle and like introduced ourselves first, which I feel like is very different than how the uh, gay men's mixer <laughs> went off probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she was like, I came out um, as queer when I was thirteen. No, to specifically, I came out as queer to my parents when I was thirteen, and I came out as kinky to my parents when I was fifteen. And I'm like, do oh. not come out as kinky to your parents, like don't they don't need to know that like oh I, but i was God. but every, like everyone was polyamorous and like what does that know. mean i'm just because kinky can mean a lot of different things right I yeah. didn't, i'm I sure don't, the parents had zero follow-ups okay like sweetheart that. it's yeah. a pretty quick turnaround too from 13 to 15 to be like to be like i feel this so strongly that i'm gonna i have to come out and i would love to hear the par- sweetheart you don't have to tell us <laughs> We anything you're into, we're fine. You yeah. don't need to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and what were you studying? I, w- I studied English literature, and I also did a lot of theater stuff. You did? I did, yeah. What shows? Do you remember? Um, I feel like every play that I was in in college was like some really weird, obscure thing. I movement th- piece. Yeah. I mean, I did the only like recognizable plays that I ever did were, were like Shakespeare plays. Um, yeah. But everything else was like definitely people have not heard about it. <laughs> a lot of like student written things. And were you getting into political stuff then? Um, yeah, I was very political in college, like specifically around like LGBT rights issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and what year was was gay marriage legalized again? Twenty six? No, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Right? I don't know. I think yeah, something much later than yeah. you, you think. Yeah. Now. Like you yeah. hear it now, you're like, really? Like I still remember with my stepfather, and he's 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 a conservative. He's an independent. But he's never voted not Republican. There's too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I always will never forget. Him drive me to middle school, and I was I was pro gay marriage. Just because I was in theater, I think. Like, it yeah. was just an easy... Th- I, did, I Also, everyone was divorced. I was like, who are you pretending? Yeah, and yeah. he said, he said, I'm fine with them being together. I just don't think they should use the word marriage. Yeah, lot, I remember just being a little like, kid and being like, why? Also, you that didn't... Was, that was the worst argument yeah. I'd also, ever heard you in my life. Really you did, also, when I hear stuff like that, you're like, you didn't fucking think of that. Yeah. Like, you're just regurgitating something at exactly. me. Like, uh, like, and then people, everyone does that. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, shut the, f- you don't feel that. You don't feel that. You read it, and now you're you're repeating it. Yeah. You know, I, I said, love is love is love. And yeah. I came up with that, and I'm not regurgitating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love trumps hate. I yeah. actually <laughs> coined that. Um, but yeah, no, I also was like, I when I started college, it was like, you know, right um in the lead up to the iraq war so i was doing a lot of uh protesting of that too yeah and i think that was like that was really heartbreaking because i was like i thought that the protests were gonna work i was like there's so many people they're not just gonna do a war when there's this many people that are yelling that we shouldn't do it i'm sure in every young protester's life they go they realize oh this won't work maybe it'll help a little yeah, and then, we, we, you know, we have to do it anyway. You yeah. Know? But that was, like, pretty 
demoralizing, you know? And I think when, like, Obama got elected, I, like many people, kind of didn't feel the need to be as political because, I mean, I definitely wasn't, like... I had friends in college that were like socialists and were like, no, this guy is like Obama's like actually like he's going to do some bad stuff to you. But you know, I was just like, all right, like shut up. Yeah. <laughs> we're so yeah, glad the Bush yeah, is yeah. Yeah. I was big pro Obama. Yeah. I was, I was, Oh yeah. Everything was great. Those early days. Yeah. yeah. There and, used and, to be a Hillary sticker right here for after Obama, but, but yes. Well, I feel like the people, you know, there were people talking about like what Obama was doing um, like that was bad, like from a, like a leftist standpoint. Yeah, not talking about the birthers. I'm talking about like people yeah. who are against drone strikes, and I think that you know that was just like criticism of Obama. Like th- there just wasn't like a lot of super vocal like yeah. left criticism of it. It was there, but a lot of it was like from you know academia, and I just felt like. I think, I mean, I was young, but I think my attitude was like, I don't know. I'm not a professor, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so what am I, I don't know. But then. Especially when you're younger, it's very easy to go, well, it's really complicated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's really, there's some really bad dudes out there. And yeah. Sometimes people. I, yeah. I felt so stupid because I feel like it took me way too long to like delve into any of that. Like. And I only found I I feel like I only knew because I was listening to this album. Do you know uh, Anoni has this great album oh, okay. uh, that's heard it. all about uh, all about that? And it's like it literally the first song is called Drone Bomb Me. And I was like listening and I was like, wait. And then it was like <laughs> this great it's like this great sad dance kind of album. But it's all about uh, like the the letdown of 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 Obama, and uh, I was like, and then all of a sudden I was like reading all these. Art- I felt like, and I was so stupid. I was like, wait, I had no idea this was going on. Like I, it really was like a blind, like a blind spot that yeah. you just like not thinking about, not talking about it. You know. Well, I think like, you know, th- the way that um, anything is talked about that's like you know foreign policy. I think there's like a deliberate media narrative that like oh this is too confusing to understand like mm-hmm. this is like you, you'll never get your head around this like you know you, you have you know this this stuff is just like it's basically incomprehensible like the reasons behind things and what has to happen on the you know the world stage blah blah or like you know like you know sanctions like uh there's all these euphemisms for stuff that like like sanctions for example it's like I've the, the media doesn't report straight up like we've decided to deny people food and medicine, you know, yeah. <laughs> like um, and I think that can make it feel really hard to understand. And that is definitely like it, that's definitely on purpose. Right. So yeah. but I think like, you know, a lot of people are like, I think now like there the consensus is broad that the Iraq war was like one of the worst most disgusting even Trump, ideas even Trump thinks this. of all time and um i think i mean i you know i there there were a lot of people that that were against it at the time too and i was one of them but no know, one wrote like, a more scathing eulogy for 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 uh, Colin Powell than oh, Trump's. Yeah. Trump's. <laughs> yeah. Trump wrote a real. Yeah, it is funny, those moments that I'm like, I'm like, you know, Trump calling Chapel Trap House, you'll agree on this funny, yeah. very viscerally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I've I came very late to politics, and I'm very lazy, or I feel very dumb. But I I I've I've I feel like I've become just further and further to the left, and still still feel dumb, still feel dumb about a lot of how the process works. Yeah, but ultimately listening. You know, I I, I I listen to Chapo Chop House now. Sometimes it becomes so nihilist. I go like, oh, I this feels so nihilist. I don't know how how you can care about anything or not just like kind of go in a, a corner and go like, well, I guess nothing can get better. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Chapo in particular, I felt like they've been like, you know, <laughs> you can just tell that the outcome of the 2020 election was just like deeply painful for them. Did and- you think... Yeah. In your heart of hearts that Bernie could have won? Um, yeah, there was definitely, I mean, it was a short window of time where I thought that, you know. Yeah. Um, like, I think that uh, after New Hampshire and Nevada, I was like, are they going to be able to stop this? You know? Yeah. Um, and I had a feeling that they would pull something out. Um, and by they, I mean, like, the Democratic establishment. I had a feeling that they're, like... But, I mean, Bernie was, like... There was all these, like, centrist candidates, right? Like, you know, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, you know. And uh, you know, Bernie was, like, leading in the polls, like... And, it, you know, partially because, like, the centrist vote was sort of so spread out. And it seemed like they may not be able to stop this, you know? Um, but then, like, right before Super Tuesday... You know, like I the Klobuchar Pete, they're they all just dropped out at the same time and endorsed Biden. And it was like, oh, okay, it's fucking over. You know, I just remember seeing my mom, and my mom's like, you know, politically watches the news every night, but not not going in depth. And she's like, ah, Bernie's just so loud. And it was just, yeah. it, it, it was more one of my those things of I'm like, thing. and I'm like, I'm like, that's the narrative that like that's how that's what it comes down to is what it feels like sometimes. Like that's the narrative that won. Bernie's loud. Yeah. And a, a whole swath of Americans won't even consider it because he's loud, especially because my mom's Jewish. And I'm yeah. like, there's part of me where I'm like, I'm like, I'm not saying it's anti-Semitic per se, but there's just like a, yeah, he talks like this. This is how he communicates. This is how, as opposed to quiet. It's, it made me so mad. Yeah. But it was also a like, well, that's America. That's what democracy is. That's how easy it is to sway a huge swath of older people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, How do you handle being? Because if you're on the left, or if you're if you're leftist, you're not going to win a lot. A lot of the victories are uh, you got someone slightly further to the left. But, but I, that is a you know that is something. I mean, there's it like is. things that you you need that thing to to move. Don't yeah. you? I mean, it's like a and yeah, you never like, get the big win. You never get the big oh our guy or lady became president. Yeah, I mean. You're right. Like to be, I think Ted Alexandro, he, you know, I was talking to him on the night of Super Tuesday because we were on the same show together and he's been a leftist for a long time. And I, you know, I was just like, I, I just saw the writing on the wall at this, at that point, you know, and, and even like after South Carolina or whatever, but he was like, you know, to be a leftist means that you're going to like lose all the time, you know? And, um, it is true that those big ones are really rare. Like, you know, DSA has been really successful in New York uh, on some local 
campaigns and you know there's like there are material differences like it's a, it's way harder to evict someone in new york city mm. than it used to be um and that's largely because of the work of julia salazar who was a dsa backed candidate serving like the the bushwick um area and you know um i think that it can be frustrating because like you're right that the stuff that we want to happen like rarely happens but if it's like you think about like what is you know the most kind of progressive uh like set of legislative achievements in the united states history it's probably the new deal right like mm -hmm. that was just huge redistribution and i'll tell you what that is later um, <laughs> well and then that, that was something that you know only really happened because there was like a, a viable threat of like communism like yeah. the communist party was gaining some traction and you know like i don't think that like there there isn't whatever happens like in american politics it is going to be as a result of like rich people not wanting something more left to happen you know yeah, yeah. sure so yeah there has to be a real threat of it i i've only read a little bit about like the the communism scare and i i do always wonder there's some story about uh zero mostel do you know zero mostel mm -mm. he played, he played tevia. tevia in the original fiddler on the roof he was just a big he was in the original producers oh cool and um it was him and some broadway choreographer it was just this time in hollywood where some people were Hold on, I, I need to tell you, I thought you were going to say it was just him and some broad. <laughs> him and some, some broad. Some we don't need to know some her name. Dame. Some yeah. Dame. Some <laughs> uh, Some famous choreographer. It's slipping in my mind. But it was a time when Hollywood, where there was the, the blacklisting and people ratting out other people for talking about communism. And I always just wonder, it's one of those, like, where would I be if I had been part of that thing? I'm sure I would have gone to some meetings. Yeah. But then would I be a rat? I don't know. You think you would, you could have been a rat? Well, well we don't know. Say, what I'm the gonna say no right now. Yeah, fuck you. Know. I'm not. Yeah. You're, you're trying to <laughs> guilt me for a thing I haven't for being honest about not being sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, no, I would never. Um, well, and how do you feel? We didn't talk about stand up much, but but how do you feel in terms of? I think politics and con I, this is my my point of view is that if your stand up is trying to reinforce a point like my problem with political comedy is like if it's coming from a real point of view it it starts to feel like a lecture or it starts to feel like oh you're trying to prove something and humor has become secondary and it's tough how do you feel in terms of politics and comedy and especially there's a whole john stewart show i just watched it, it was very serious oh, have damn. you seen the new show i haven't seen it yet the first show i mean it was more 60 minutes than a comedy show and i was like well this is what he wants to do it was still very good yeah but i was like yeah because at some point like how much can you laugh about if your point is veterans aren't getting health care yeah i my own stand-up isn't that political usually mm -hmm. largely for the reason that you mentioned because like i don't know i mean i i have bits about like political stuff like you know i have bits about like abortion and like other you know kind of specific things but yeah i mean i think you know it's hard to <laughs> like with stuff that's like that sad it's it's hard to make it funny but it's, it's not to say that no one can it's just like very challenging and how do you feel with so many there's, i feel like there's so many comedians some of whom are funny 
who politically it's like, I'm thinking of one in particular that we had discussed once, who, where people who are funny, but politically they're like, they they lean in, they play off this kind of conserve, they get this conservative yeah. fan base, but they're still humorous. Yeah. And like part of you, me as a comedian, part of me is like, yeah, say something fucking crazy. But it feels like it it uh, excites a group of people that I find abhorrent. Yeah. Or uh, deplorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just really hate that. Like, oh man, you know, in comedy for like, definitely since I, I guess, you know, Trump really, like, it feels like there's this sort of like real sort of split between like, conservative comedians and like woke comedians and stuff yeah. and i mean i'm just like really tired of it like it's I, th I think like don't i mean like yeah if you're like just if you're like a very famous person and you're using like your huge platform to shit on a marginalized group of people that's like asshole behavior in my, yeah. in my opinion of course but it's i'm just so tired of this like culture war and there's a strange combo. especially with the with the abortion ruling in texas there was a strange group of like conservative comics like being like talking about the sanctity of life or like ant like pro-life arguments and i was like i was like this doesn't fit in line with your fuck everything Attitude. Do people can do what they want? Yeah. You're blah, talking blah, about blah. the sanctity. Yeah. Comedians don't talk about the sanctity of anything. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's it's like so it's it, to me it was wild. There was one comedian who <laughs> who is one of the most like burn it to the ground comedians who was complaining about like Lil Nas X like was a little much, and I was like, I was like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Yeah. Oh my god. What are you talking about? Yeah, and and especially I feel like for me those are like slips where I'm like, oh, you're really revealing, you're playing to your base, your fan base, and I'm like, yeah. ugh, I can I can appreciate a nihilist, but like the moment you're yeah. like a thing, ugh. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's just like it it's it's frustrating that it's become like so such an like an entrenched um, debate, right? Because like on the one hand. Like, you have these people that are like, you know, I should be allowed to say anything. And, like, the stuff that they want to say is, like, you know, pretty, like, asshole in some cases. And it's, like, I don't know if it necessarily has to be, like, a conversation about free speech always. I think, like, it can just be a conversation about being an asshole. And I wish we also talked about, talk about bad jokes. Yeah. Like, I, I have a joke that I think is a decent joke about the Alec Baldwin thing that I think is a well-written joke. Maybe someone yeah. could tell me it's not. Maybe someone could tell me I shouldn't make the joke. Yeah. But there's this conception of like, uh, and I was a, I'm a big Anthony Jeselnik fan, but, but, but there's this conception of like being an edgy comedian simply means talking about the thing that's inappropriate. I'm like, but there's not a good joke here. Yeah. You're just like rolling in the shit. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. You know, um, and you know i love a good edgy joke like i think you know a lot of yeah a lot of these people that are like comedy like it's just gotta be about jokes i'm like okay then write some you know yeah but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh yeah, yeah. but then on the other hand you know you got like all these people who are like you know cancel culture isn't even real and it's like i don't know i mean i don't think there's any denying that like we now live in a society where like the 
response to someone saying something that sucks yeah. is public shaming on a massive level. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that, I mean, it's. I think it's of it less as a cancel call. I've always said, like, especially with Twitter, I'm like, it's algorithm culture. I mean, yeah, there's something about exactly. that magnification. Well, I've been in trouble. I got in trouble on TikTok for some joke that was doing well. But on TikTok, it doesn't. Uh, it, the the way it works, it just doesn't work like Twitter, Yet. where like it can just get screenshot and go viral. It's gonna yeah. go away. No one will care. Yeah, and that's what I think more than cancel culture. I mean, yeah. and now everyone said. I mean, cancel culture. People have said it for it's, for everything. It's no, it's so stupid because yeah. it's like always. You know, it's like you know before cancel culture is like PC culture, and you know, it's oh, just yeah. like the people have been having some version of this conversation, like. Um, Mike Drucker posted the other day this uh, like quote of, from, of like a famous comedian in 1954 I saw this. talking about like this comedian. I don't remember his name, um, but he was famous at the time and he was talking about like how um, people, you know, it was no longer acceptable for white people to perform in blackface. And he's like, this is going to kill comedy. And people have always been having some version of this conversation and you know, it's like redundant and repetitive. But yeah. I also think that, you know, it's th this impulse to like just publicly shame mm -hmm. and pile on people. There's certainly something ugly motivating that. Like yeah. for sure. some of the some of the time, at least I'm not saying I'm not going to like. I don't want to be judge, jury, and executioner for like every time it was deserved or not. I'm sure there are definitely instances where like that was, you know, the way that a situation needed to be handled or something. But it's also like there, I don't know. I mean, I think like it's reasonable to like talk about if like, you know, like, like if this impulse to like pile on people yeah. like can also be a harmful one because to me it seems pretty clear that and it it's can. hard because people exploit like i always think yeah. about people always like exploit like the it's a witch it's a witch hunter it's a witch trial and i'm like i hate that it's exploited like every time someone's in trouble like oh that's a it's a what is it term witch hunt is that yeah. what i say yeah but it's like but i also think to myself i'm like we should remember we are the same creatures who did the salem witch trials and we we are inclined to gather and and, and focus shame. on a, and shame and and it's like the promise is exploited by a lot of the worst people to get out of their things but it's still true yeah we're still the same people that did the salem witch trials dna wise we're the same we're the same brains yeah um well let's go to our uh this has got to stop this has got to stop this has got to stop and i think we could just do kate for today Great. uh you you you're the first guest this is how i know you're very you're studious i'm sure you got good grades you you wrote me to see if your this has got to stop was was uh, appropriate or right for the episode and i was like yes i have gotten so many terrible things oh nice please so it was it was a wonderful one please what has got to stop okay so my this has got to stop is unicorn hunting do you guys know what that is no okay so you Unicorn hunting is when an established heterosexual couple like is looking for a bisexual woman to be their third. And I'm not oh. saying that all situations where a bi lady has, you know, sex with like a you know, hetero couple or whatever. I mean, it's not wrong in all instances, but there are certain things about unicorn hunting in particular that make it really creepy is like just... Um, you know, really like having uh, these like super, like it's just really objectifying in the sense that like these like couples are like, 
you know, oh, we're going to find a woman who is like, you know, hot by babe. And she's going to like follow the rules of our relationship. And like, she's going to do what we want, but she's not going to like necessarily have a uh, say in it. And just kind of like having this like threesome or even three way relationship fantasy that is just like not treating queer women like we're actually people. And yeah. Yeah. like I, so, you know, I'm by a woman on dating apps and it's like super frustrating. Sometimes I have to like, sometimes I don't even put that I'm bisexual on there. I'll just go through like a month of looking at women (laughs) and a month of looking at men because if you're bi, like these couples message you and my profile, I like deliberately say like no couples couples because these people are so fucking aggressive. And a lot of the time it's the woman that is more, aggressive like I got this message from this lady a few years ago that was like on OkCupid it wasn't like on a kink site or anything like that but it was this woman like describing like this thing this sexual fantasy where um like she was like I'm looking you know for someone who will like basically you would dominate me and then you would submit to my boyfriend and like here's how the whole sexual experience would go down and she kind of like she had this whole thing fucking planned of like how a woman their third or whatever was gonna like slot into this shit and there was first of all nothing in my profile that like suggested that, yeah like my profile was like about how i like liked you know the magnetic fields and riding a bike or something like <laughs> it wasn't, that was never one of the okay cupid yeah, questions no, you answered it, like would you be into dominating the woman and then no it just wasn't a super sexual profile like i was yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. there looking to date you know and um but also like i think the main thing about it is is like these couples they just like they develop this like fantasy that they want to like put just yeah, on random bi input. women and it's so gross. Do you think it, it's it like, feels like it feels like too like maybe like in the couple that they're like whenever they they've agreed upon it, they're in their heads of like the other person might change their mind. We got to do this quick. Do you know what I mean? Like we gotta we gotta find one quick because before yeah. someone people start thinking of over it too yeah, much. Yeah, like, I'm sure do you know that's what I mean? it. Like there's like a weird. Yeah, and it's just well, there's and it's like they want to have some version of non monogamy, but that they've yeah. decided that the version that they will feel safe with is if it's just if it's with the same person who likes them both the exact same amount. Yeah, and it's like. And they play by all, all the rules. Yeah, and that's we've... not how people are. Yeah. Um, it's also like, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like going on a first date with an insane number of conditionals. Yeah, like yeah. you need to be this and this and this and this, yeah. as opposed to like let's meet, see what if we like each other. Yeah, first. totally. Yeah. And it's yeah, the reason it's called unicorn hunting is because like you know these couples are like looking for like a very attractive bisexual woman who's going to like be equally into both the male and female partner um is going to be like very devoted to them but also not have any of her own expectations or needs in the relationship you know do you think this would be solved because like in a lot of ways it sounds like sex work i mean it sounds like they what they want is a it sounds like an order it sounds like they're placing an order and they'd like i'd like this 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 and no needs from you so it just it's part of me is like, oh, in a world where sex work was more available, where people were like, hey, I'll I'll come over and pretend to like the two of you at the same time. I think sex work is available. And I definitely think that that would be like 
Unicorn it, found. Yeah, that, I think that, that that would be one of the most ethical ways, Unicorn in my opinion, found. to pursue yeah. that type of fantasy. But I think that like a lot of the thing um, that these couples are looking for is like, um, like the validation that that comes from like, oh, you know, we're like getting our hot by babe, which like maybe they wouldn't feel that same type of validation if there was like a more explicitly transactional element to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a. Uh, Do some people ever put in any bi people put in no no couples please? I have like, that all over my profile and people still do that. Yeah, people still couples still message me like I had to put in my profile no couples please. Like it is this is the experience of bi women on apps. It's so gross. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and um oh a lot of the time like there's here's like another thing too is like uh like a woman will write you. And then, like, it'll seem like she's just, like, trying to, like, start something up with you, you know. Uh, but then it turns out that there's, like, a boyfriend who's, like, part oh. of the package. And that, like, you know, y- like, I would be expected to, like, also fuck him and be attracted to him or whatever. And I'm like, this is not, no, <laughs> like, this is not a package. Like, um, just in any case, like, pursuing someone as a couple is, I mean, it's just, like, in... in in what situation, like, are people going to be, like, you know, super fucking attracted to, like, yeah. both people? Probably not that often. I'm sure it happens yeah. sometimes. But it, yeah. it's not like you're going to hit it off or be attracted to, to more than, you know, to, to one person more than the other. And it, there's something super creepy about, like, like, the conditional, like, oh, yeah, you want me? You like me? Oh well, then you have to fuck him. Like yeah. it's gross. Yeah. yeah, you know, it should be a yeah. it should be its own site or its own settings, especially to bring it in later. That is yeah, really yeah. really like, well. Yeah. There, the thing is, is there's not. It couldn't be its own site, right? Because there are very few queer women who. Well, want then they could at least find that. Way. It's like it, yeah. it feels yeah. like it's that. either it's either a sex work thing or it's like a truly like you're in a real person setting, and uh, the bi woman says to a couple, "Hey, I want to fuck you too," and they're like. Oh yeah, we'd yeah. like that. You if they I mean? made like, a site like that, it would be like, what was, was it? Ashley Madison was the site, and they found oh, out it was that like 90%, all ninety eight percent bots. Yeah, and they were so like, funny. yeah, you sixty year old guys, no yeah. one wants to fuck you. No yeah. one wants you. Maybe well, that'd be a good way for them to learn. Maybe yeah. I think. Um, well, that's that's. I wonder. Well, you know, we're talking about being you know ten years ago. I just remember when being by when I went to musical theater camp and guys either came out as gay or straight and many of them looking back on it now I'm like probably a lot of them were bi. Yeah. We just never really talked about bi. Yeah, back especially in, for men, you know. Especially for men. And I I mean I think that will be a long I think that'd be a long road. Yeah, it's still like I think Because people, I think a lot of straight women will not buy will I think a lot of I mean bi, this is my bi. opinion will will be skeptical of a bi man. I, I think, think that that's definitely a thing, but I also think that, like, to me, it seems like it's changed a little bit in the past few years. Maybe in, we maybe in our circles, though, yeah, but, like, yeah. around around the world. Yeah. Um, This fly is killing me. I know. I just noticed it. You just noticed it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, well, uh, uh, that's very good. Stop with the unicorn hunting. All my, all my bi couple listeners, let's go to our you blessing. Something nice. Your this was a nice negative episode. We can be positive for a second. Russell, you go first. I'll go first. So I did. I I, I have started working at the Comedy Cellar, uh, which feels very lovely. 
Um, and as always, there's like a laundry list of like people who helped uh, talk through the set with me. Of course, Tova always is a great person. But I also want to give a special shout out to Adam Mueller, who's a great comic, open for me uh, many times before. So, was so I was running this five everywhere, and Adam would like. I posted on Facebook any any mics the day of the day of the audition, and he like knew someone who ran a mic and reached out to that person to get them to write me. Damn. Can you, he do five minutes really quick at five thirty? And uh, it's it's rare for comics to do that, but everyone's been super sweet. Every 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 comic's been like really nice about it, and you know, there's just moments as as a comedian where you do feel. That people who are real comics, who really are in it, who love jokes, who love stand up, yeah. go like, "Hey, congrats! You deserve yeah. this," and it yeah. feels really, really nice. So, I'm still just definitely riding yeah. the high right That's now. So great. That's awesome! Congratulations! Thank you, yeah. um, Russell. Do a bless. Yes, um, you're going to see me tonight. Feel, I'm going to see. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to see you in two hours. Um, uh, I'm excited to go. I've never been to the comic cellar, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, no, I have had like a really long, I feel like creative drought. And then this past week, I feel like I got to do like all of a sudden I was like, I have a couple of sketches I'm writing for Uncle Function that I'm excited about. And I our sketch team, Uncle got oh, to, cool. got That's to, awesome. uh, play music with friends yesterday. And that was, it was, and I hadn't done that probably since last play, like just hang out and listen to music. Well, no play. Like we, you know, I, I have a, uh, well, yeah. like Jen and Tim, I, I play like we, we write music together. And, and what do you play when you do that? Uh, I have a Korg synthesizer and uh-huh. Tim plays guitar Jen sings That's a little, so what fun. we, you know, but we have, we, we, there's no like, there, what's great about it is a creative project where there's no sort of like goal of like, we're going to be rock star. It's truly like just fun. And, uh, and, but I, I haven't done it in months and months and months and months. So it was, it was, I had so much fun. I wish it. I could do that. I'm, I'm the guy that's like, you know, guys, uh, yeah, you you're like, take you this should on the try road. to like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we might be the most talented <laughs> band in the world. Uh, we'll probably record something at some point, like just cause we have all the equipment for it and stuff. And, uh, but, uh, that's wonderful. Um, it's yeah, I was. It's been a good week in terms of like f- finally feeling like coming out of a weird. It's scary. Those long like spells sometimes being like I nothing's funny to me. Nothing's interesting. You know. So good. And Kate, do you have a blessing? Um, um. Well, the thing that I would like normally talk about, which is like too cliche, is my cats. I love them so fucking much. But I'm gonna go with essential oils. A lot of people uh, make fun of women for liking these but i honestly think that it is super fucking great to make your whole house or your bath smell like lavender or whatever it's not expensive you can get like a huge bottle of something that smells amazing and will make your house smell amazing for like less than ten dollars and it will last forever and it's like it dramatically improves your quality of life and i think people should stop making fun of this is this the one with the sticks coming out like you can, can you, can, you can do that um i have a diffuser which is like this little it's basically like a humidifier like a tiny tiny humidifier that like emits like a uh, mist uh-huh. um i also like to take baths with like a little sure. like lavender drops in I there a, i, I think love a so, bath yeah oh. it's nice Right, it's. I need to get this. You're right. It's one of these. My lifestyle is just like I'll wait till it smells and then I'll sp- no, it spray does, for uh, breeze, as opposed to like let's have it and be nice. Nicole uses the, the thing. It's it is not. It it does. It is one of those things where you're like it gets made fun of a lot, but it that makes things smell good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> CVS. Like, are we talking or like do I have to go to Bed Bath and Beyond? 
Um, so I buy, there's like an oil shop like near my house. Um, that is, I don't know like where to get it. I think you can get, um, essential oils like at like pharmacies and stuff sometimes, but, and like probably even like Target, but the place that I go to is like pretty cheap. But yeah, I feel like they have them in every like kind of. I'm going to try it for this room. For we live in New York City. There's got to be a billion oil shops. You yeah. know? Sure. There's a lot on the street. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh my God, is that Tova? I think Tova's coming over. Um, is there anything you want to plug, Kate? Um, I have a podcast called Reply Guys. And I have a book out on Audible called Dirtbag Anthropology, which is a memoir slash collection of interviews on the topic about masculinity and i think it's it's fun and funny it's not it's not uh <laughs> it's, it's not a second. You can you funny. let tova in yeah oh yeah she's the top locks out uh and this is available on what audible on audible yeah um and you did this over the pandemic right yeah and it was just an audiobook yeah because okay, it's, cool. it's like a it's it's definitely very audio like focused it's like lots of there's lots of interviews and stuff in it kind of it has podcast elements to it perfect tova no it's okay do you want to say hi what yeah shout out no no you shout can come in tova, no, no. Tova. no we, were, we were truly just saying i was telling them all about the ticket thing come to the mic come to the mic i was telling them all about the, t- hey, the, the ticket the the tickets and the that i bought the tickets and the next day we got oh, the yeah. free tickets <laughs> It's. It was actually kind of romantic because I got you something. It was like a side gift, but I got you a yoga mat towel that you had already gotten yourself. Not the primary gift. Not the primary clear. gift. Don't worry. Don't worry. But it was like we each got each other something that the other one was like already getting themselves, which I think is romantic. Oh, that we yes. already like know each other enough. It's like that, that Christmas. What's that Christmas tale where they to buy the magi? They get the magi. They buy the comb. Someone buys the comb for the hair. They sold the hair for the watch. Yeah, exactly. but then they, but, the but this one works gift out. Was the love that they exactly had for except the one I well this where the bought. gift was the the mat and the tickets, which is even yeah, better. The one the one I got was seventeen ninety nine, and the <laughs> and the one you got you. Well, when you listen to this episode, you'll find out what they cost. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you're very pretty, so that's oh, the way. You know. <laughs> oh. yeah, where's the camera? Can you see me? Yeah. yeah. There it is. Okay. Um, Here you go, uh, Did you want to plug anything, Russell? This will uh, be after Uncle Function. Yeah. So we no. may have a show in um, December. No, December, but I don't know the date yet for it. Yeah. Um, all right. I I'm not sure when this is coming out, but I'm pretty sure it'll be. I'm a headlining again. Uh, a DC comedy loft. The weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, one show on Friday, two shows Saturday. Um, uh, I'll be posting the Comedy Cellar dates. I'll be in Laugh Boston in December. Find me on Instagram, at your Marcus Arezzi. And for God's sakes, join the fucking Patreon. If you listen to this goddamn fucking podcast, please this is join how, the this Patreon. This more. <laughs> Russell and we I had released a good strategy meeting, and this is really working. You get this is good. <laughs> Russell and I we release early episodes, two bonus episodes a month. Once we get to hundred, we're going to release four a month. Oh my maybe God. eight. Oh, we'll see how this goes. Don't. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, you get to support the podcast, and uh, just remember, no matter how many essential oils you buy, ultimately nothing will be able to overpower the smell of your. Rotting corpse. This is the downside. In hell. One, two, three. <laughs>